to church, each and every one of you. Welcome. Welcome for um, coming in the midst of your busy schedule <laughs> during the Christmas season. Praise the Lord. Amen. Say to the person next to you, in front of you, behind you, I'm happy to be here. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Christmas, the season of Christmas. <clears throat> Christmas is about Jesus. Christ is the reason for Christmas. Jesus is the reason for the season. The name of Jesus is Emmanuel. Christmas is not a religious time. Christmas is a meaningful and an eternal time. And Christmas is very, very practical and very, very relevant to our daily living. I want you to look at Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 with me. The Bible is the word of God. There's no other book like the Bible. The Bible is the handwriting of God written for us. So that we may live a successful and a triumphant life. So that we don't live in darkness, but live in the light. If you want to be successful in life, it's very important that you live your life with clarity and accuracy. When you live your life with accuracy and clarity, direction comes to you. The Holy Spirit is our director. He's powerful and mighty to direct. The Word of God says that wisdom is profitable to direct. That means when you have wisdom, you direct your life and you'll be walking in a successful way. If you look at Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. It's very important that we understand the context of this scripture. Because if you take the context, then you know what is wrapped around this scripture. What the word of God is truly saying to his church. So if you look at the context of this scripture, it's talking about Israel at a time when they were facing an imminent enemy. They were facing an imminent attack, an urgent attack from the enemy. They were about to lose their nation. They were about to lose everything that they had. And if you look at Isaiah chapter 7, verse 7. Let's go back. You know, why would God say that I would give you a sign? Why would God say that I would give you a virgin conceiving and bearing a son? So if you look to the scripture that is before that, that saith the Lord God, it shall not stand, neither shall it come to pass. That means if you have anything coming against your life, if you have sickness and disease, if you have adversity, if you have condemnation, if you have accusation, the enemy of your soul is attacking you, the enemy of your body is attacking you, the word of God is saying that it shall not stand, neither shall it come to pass. Because we are the spiritual Israel in this present time. The church is the spiritual Israel in our time. And let's look at 
Isaiah 7 verse 9. Well, you ask me, Pastor Dora, then how come I'm still sick? How come I'm still, you know, having failures? How come I still have frustrations? Look at Isaiah chapter 7 verse 9 from the King James. I want you to look at the end of that scripture. If you will not believe, surely you shall not be established. That means if you don't trust, if you trust the doctor's report more than the word of God, if you trust your circumstances and situations more than the word of God, if you trust what's happening around you more than the word of God, then what God's promised, what God has promised for you will not come to pass for you. I want to use the living Bible that helps us to understand a bit clearer. Okay, if you look at the, this is another translation of the word of God. Because the word of God, you all know that was written in Hebrew and and Greek. So if you look at the last part of that scripture, if you want me to protect you, God is saying, you must learn to believe what I say. I want to highlight the word learn. A lot of times when you read the Bible, you have no clue. You don't understand what he's talking about. And that's why it is so important to get into the process of learning the word of God. In all you're getting, get understanding. If you don't get understanding, you will stay shallow. Christmas is just about buying presents. Christmas is just about, you know, having fun. But then you will lose eternity for the sake of what is temporary. You will argue and you will fight. You will be sad and you will be mad. And you will not have a successful, a joyful and a fulfilling life. It is so important for us to go to the light. Because it's only in God's word, in his light, that we can see light. If we just follow people, then the blind, the blind following the blind and we'll all go into the ditch. Clarity and accuracy will give us direction. Clarity and accuracy will give us direction like nothing else will. And that's why it's the light, the star, the bright morning star that led not the ordinary people, but the wise men to Jesus. The fools say in the heart, there is no God. But the wise knows that there is a wisdom higher than the wisdom of men. The creator of this whole universe, the creator of your physical body, the creator of your will, your mind, and your emotions. The wise says there is a God. And if you look at Isaiah chapter 7, verse 11, the living Bible. Ask me for a sign, Ahaz, to prove that I will indeed crush your enemies, as I have said. Ask anything you like in heaven or on earth. So God is saying, I want you to believe me. I'm giving you evidences. I'm giving you signs, like signs that you need to follow when you go on the highway. Signs that you need to follow if you want to go home. Signs that you need to follow if you go anywhere. He said, ask me for a sign. But King Ahaz, he wouldn't be bothered. 
He was too busy worrying himself to try to get a solution. How many of us have done that? Instead of asking God, we're worrying. We're concerned. God is just one breath, one question away. And then if you look at God, you know, Ahaz's unbelief or self-concern wearies God. Wearied him. And God did not even wait for him to ask. God proactively gave him a sign. So let's go back to Isaiah 7 verse 14. God proactively gave the king a sign. And not only did he give the king of Israel a sign, he gave all mankind a sign. We need to understand that whatever God does is for eternity. And once God had touched that day, it has become an eternal day. Christmas is now eternal in the calendar of heaven. Forever celebrated. Amen. Because Christmas is about God who had come in the form of a man and lived in our midst. It's called incarnation. If you look at Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 again, then the Lord himself, God is saying, okay, I'm not waiting for you to ask me now. I myself shall give you a sign, an evidence, something that would point point you to that you may have confidence in me. Behold, I want you to look. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And his name shall be Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. I want you to see this. This is so powerful. God is working in a miraculous way. No, there is no other virgin that could have conceived and born a son and had given birth to a child. It is humanly, naturally impossible. And then God said, I am giving you this sign. This is not only a sign, this is also a promise. This is a prophecy. The word of God is prophetic. So what was spoken how many years ago can happen today and can still happen tomorrow? When God said that he is the Lord who prospers you, not only did it happen in the days of Jesus, not only did it happen in the days of the that book of Acts, it's also happening in the days of church history and it's still happening in your days and it's still happening in your future because the word of God covers eternity, the past, the present, and the future. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Amen. Glory be to God. So when he said, I'm the Lord that heals you. Not only did Jesus heal the sick, he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Not only did he heal the sick during his days, during his ministry, but he still heals the sick today. And I'm one of them that he has healed. Not only did he heal me in the past, he has healed me in the present and he will continue to heal me in the future. So Jesus is God's sign. It's God's evidence of victory to his church. 
Jesus is God's evidence of victory to the church. It's like when you see the sign, you know that surely you're going home. So when you see Jesus, you know surely that your life is victorious. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. That's the meaning of Christmas. What's the point of celebrating Christmas and then you're sad another day? Celebrating Christmas and you know a lot of accidents happened during the time of Christmas. I mean last year a lot of people got drunk. A lot of people got killed. Domestic violence happened during the time of Christmas. Christmas is not about that. Christmas is about the love of God. The protection of God. The provision of God. God himself, Emmanuel, living in our midst. Can we say amen? So Emmanuel is God with us, whether we feel it or not. Your feelings will lead you astray. We must not live by feelings. There is not even one successful person on earth who lives by feelings. We must live by truth. By our conviction. You will not succeed if you don't believe that you can succeed. How many of you have known that? You will fail if you believe that you're going to fail. If you believe that you are a failure, you will fail. Your conviction works. Your faith works. So it's important for us to believe As the people of God, as the citizens of heaven, as the children of God, that we are destined to live a successful, a meaningful life. Can we say amen? There is a difference between religion and reality. There are many religious people, but there are not many real people. But God wants us to be real. And if you want to be real, you must not be afraid of being real. You must not be afraid that people will will see you. You must not be afraid that people will see your sin. You You must not be afraid that people will read your mind and know those dirty thoughts and ugly thoughts. If you want to be real, if you want to be authentic and successfully authentic like diamonds, like gold, then you have to be willing To be refined. Polished. You have to be willing to grow. To allow God to take you higher and higher. And no matter where you start. As long as you're willing to go up. You will go up. Amen. As long as you're willing to ascend. And not descend. You will ascend. Aspiration is a lot better than depression. How many of you agree? How many of you agree? Aspiration works a lot better than depression. The word of God will aspire you. God's vision will aspire you to greatness. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's a, re- there's a difference between your thoughts and the truth. We are thinking all the time. How many thoughts do we have? We have thoughts all the time. But I want you to understand and differentiate. There is a difference between what you're thinking and what is true. You may be thinking that you're sick. You may be feeling that you're sick. 
But the truth is that Jesus had borne our sicknesses and carried our pain. You may think that you're rotten. You may think that you're nobody. But the truth is that God had redeemed you and you are now a citizen of his kingdom. Amen. There is a difference between fairy tales and miracles. The magic wand is a fairy tale. But the Bible is full of miracles. The word of God is full of miracles. And if you want to be successful in your life, you need to have the faith for miracles. The word of God says it's over and above all that you can ask or think. That means the word of God is over and above the human function of intelligence or the human rationale of the human experience. We're talking about another realm. We're talking about the natural. We're talking about the supernatural realm. What is supernatural is above what is natural. And if you want your miracles, if you want your financial miracles, if you want your career miracles, if you want your healing miracles, then you need to go higher. By the aspiration of the Holy Spirit to a realm that is over and above what is natural. I want you to understand that Jesus and the Father are one. God is one. One. But then you have the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit manifesting the different parts of his function. And Jesus and the Father are one and together... During the time of Jesus, they had manifested themselves to a chosen generation at a pivotal time called Christmas. Jesus manifested the Father. God came in the form of a person at a particular time, at a particular place. It was a certain historical event. It is true. It's real. It happened in time and in space. Through a chosen family, Mary and Joseph, and it was a one-off historical event that had become an eternal event. And for those of us that had received Jesus as our Lord and our Savior is an event that is still very real. It's still very relevant to us. He is the Savior that had been born for me. He is still saving me from sickness and disease, from sin, from temptations, from all the attacks of the enemy. Can we say amen? When we talk about the virgin birth, it has to be a miracle. It's not a fairy tale. It has to be a miracle. And it was something that happened historically. You can locate it in time and in place. The entire gospel, the entire 
Christianity, the entire Christianity, is based upon the foundation of this truth. You can say that all of Christianity is based upon the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot be a Christian until you believe in miracles. It's the belief of this miracle. It's the belief of this miracle that has started the church, that has started the church and spreading the gospel. And it's still because of this miracle that we can have many more miracles to come. I want you to see the difference between the truth and the facts. A lot of us love the truth, but not many of us can live it out. The truth is, I love you, but the fact is, I don't like you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The truth is, I love you, but the fact is now, you know, because of what you have done, because of things, different things, I don't like you. We have to differentiate between the truth and the facts. God is always in the realm of the truth. The natural law is the realm of the facts. So don't, don't, don't miss the truth because of the facts. Don't miss the major because of the minor. It's the truth that will save you. It's the truth that will prosper you. It's the truth that will build you up. Can we say amen? Why is it important for us to understand the Bible? Why is it so important for us to understand God? Well, I grew up in the Chinese home. You know, in my home, in my house, you know, there was like a ancestral worship. There was an altar there, you know, uh, New Year or, or, you know, different Chinese festivals. You burn incense and you kowtow and you even, you know, sacrifice, you know, a chicken and put it on the altar. But I was never, I did not understand what that was. Religion has no understanding. Superstition has no understanding. And when I started to read my Bible with the understanding and the the guidance and the assistance of the Holy Spirit, light starts to come. I was a Catholic for many years. I was a Catholic for many, many years, but had no understanding. I read the Bible. I went to Mars. I obeyed all the rituals. I was a good Catholic. I even went to the Father and said, wow, that was a good sermon. That was really good. But I had no understanding. I had no personal power. I had no power to change. I had no power over sickness and disease. I had no power over what I thought. I had no power over how I felt. I had no power over my will that was so weak at the time. I was constantly suffering from inferiority. I was constantly burying myself in shame. I was constantly disliking and despising myself. I was constantly seeking and asking for approval. I was constantly hiding myself until the light comes to me, until the truth comes to me. Whatever is true will change you. If you have not been changed, that means you have not got the truth yet. 
The truth will change you. And that's why the truth must be applied. When you receive the truth, you start being moved and you start being influenced. Your thoughts start to change. Your mind starts to change. Your emotions start to change. Your values start to change. Your activities start to change. Your desires start to change. Your like to start to change because the truth will change you. Change you from the inside and change you, your environments and situations on the outside. Divine favor will start to come into your life. Open doors will start happening to you. Favor with God and favor with men will start appearing in your life. The love of God will come into your heart by the Holy Spirit. People you used to dislike before, now you can see them through the lens of God, the eyes of Jesus. There's a separation between you and your feelings and you don't follow your ugly emotions anymore. You recognize, no, those emotions are not mine. Why? Because the truth has come to you. It's important that we understand God, his way, his governance. Now we're living in the end times. It's all about the government. Watch your news. What's happening worldwide? That there is a change now in the government. Every nation is tribulating. Every nation is having a change in their governments. Because the king of kings and the lord of lords is coming. His kingdom rules over all. So it's important for us to understand God's governance, his way. The Bible is not a fairy tale, it's not a religion, nor is it a set of rules and regulations, not wishes and not crutches, (laughs) not feelings and goosebumps, but it's the truth. It's the presiding truth over the whole universe, the presiding truth over the past, the present, and the future, the history of man. It's important for us to use your for us to use our reason. It's important for us to use our intelligence. You use your intelligence when it comes to running your business. When it comes to doing your career, how come you don't exercise any intelligence when it comes to knowing God? That's why you've missed all those years. That's why the word of God says a fool does not believe in God. We must exercise our intelligence to know God, to know our eternity. To know the spiritual realm, to know the supernatural realm, to know the truth. What's the point of living for 40 years, 60 years, even 80 years, and then in eternity forever and ever and ever living in hell? Living in continual torment is like having a nightmare from which you can never wake up. What's the point? Can you imagine The torment of living in a nightmare that you can never wake up from. How many of you know that your body, when you're dreaming, your body is going through your dream as if it's real. Your heart beats. Because your body cannot tell the difference between what is happening 
in this time realm and what's happening in your dream. It's God's way of showing us that it's very foolish to live by just your five senses. It's very foolish to live for what is temporary and then lose eternity. Jesus said you can have his success both in this world and in the world to come. So you can get into the, into the success of God both in this life and in eternal life. What an offer. Can we say amen? All right, let's look at why did Jesus come? What did he do that could not be done by anyone else? If you want me to believe in Jesus, then Pastor Dora, show me what is so powerful about Jesus. What is so irreplaceable about Jesus? What is so unique about Jesus that I can't believe in myself? I can't believe in anybody else, but have to believe in him. Are you ready to listen? Are you ready to listen? Number one, Jesus brought the presence of God from heaven to earth. If you look at all the other religions, there's not even one religion that will tell you that the founder was born from heaven. Even one. In Buddhism, you know, he's a prince. He was a prince, the founder of Buddhism. He was a prince. And then later on, he became, you know, the people started to worship him and made him God. But Jesus said, he said, he came from heaven to earth. Amen. Amen. Let's look at Matthew chapter 1 verse 23. Now, just now we read Isaiah. Isaiah was written hundreds of years ago before Matthew. And then Matthew chapter 1 verse 23, exactly. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Jesus came to fulfill this prophecy. Jesus came to fulfill this promise. Not just to prove his Godhead because he's God, you know, he can prove himself. Through many, many ways. He proved it for us. He gave it to us. Emmanuel, God is with you. I want you to put your hand on your heart and say, God is with me. You are not alone. Jesus said, I will never leave you like an orphan. You are not alone. You don't have to struggle and strive by yourself. It's only a prayer way. Number two, what did Jesus do? He came to purge the sins of man. In the Old Testament, they could only cover the sin by the blood of animals. And that tells us that sin is so offensive, sin is so destructive, that God in the Old Testament had to cover it in order that he could help his people. And Jesus had come not only to cover your sin, because to cover it means it's to exist. But Jesus had come to purge, to purge, to drive away, to drive away the one who tempts you to sin. To purge and to wash, to rip off, to pluck out the sin that had been eating your soul up and killing your body and taking you to hell. 
Only Jesus can do that because he is the son of God and the son of man. He's the second person of the Trinity who had come as a man to take away the sins of man. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 1, 3, by himself purged our sins. Well, you said, Pastor Dora, but I have never killed anybody. You know, I have never stolen anything. I'm good. I'm fine. Let me ask you, have you ever lied? Have you ever had a bad thought? Have you harbored unforgiveness? Have you ever been selfish? Have you ever thought that there's no God? I can do whatever I want. Sin. The word sin means missing the mark. Missing what is perfect, what is good, what is profitable for you. And Jesus had come to purge the sins of men. Jesus, only he could do that because he was the only one spotless without sin. Let me ask you, where is sin? Where is sin? I can't see it. Where is sin? Sin is in the human blood. You don't need to teach a child to lie. Every child knows how to lie. You don't need to to teach a child to be selfish. Every child knows how to be selfish. It's in the blood. And that's why in the Old Testament, it's the blood of the animal that could cover the sin of man. But in the ministry of Jesus, in the life of Jesus, he shed his blood. The blood of the Son of God and the Son of Man. To replace, to substitute for us. To purge our sin of all unrighteousness. Can we say amen? And it's with that blood that he went to heaven and obtained redemption for mankind. And that's the reason for the celebration. It's not for Santa Claus. It's not for Christmas gifts. The best gift to you is your salvation. Hallelujah. What else did Jesus do that no, nobody else could do? Number three, providing for the salvation of men. Not only had he purged our sins, that would be good enough. No, he went further than that. He provided for the salvation of our soul. Amen. Romans chapter 10 verse 13. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. The word saved means delivered. Delivered. Delivered from the attacks of the devil. Delivered from the curses of this world. Deliver from the lies of the devil. How many of you know that there are generational sicknesses? How many of you know that there are genetic disorders? There's sin and there is also sickness in the blood. And Jesus had come to purge us and to save us. Acts chapter 4 verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Salvation is a must. Is a must. 
We must be saved. Otherwise, your, your life would go down the drain. We must be saved. It's not that it's better that you be saved. We must be saved because there's eternity waiting for you just down the corner. And nobody else can save you. Not the name of Mohammed, not the name of Buddha, but the name of Jesus because only Jesus is God. Amen. Number four. Jesus came to purge the atmospheric heaven. I want you to understand that even though you cannot see through the air, there are things that exist in the air. For example, like water vapor. For example, light. The light that we see. The voice that travels through the air. So there are beings in the air, though you can't see them. There are devils and there are angels. There are spirits in the air. And Jesus had come to purge the atmospheric heaven so that your prayers can go all the way to the throne room of God. So when you pray, because you're praying in the name of Jesus, you're praying from who you are as a believer, as a child of God. Your your voice becomes so powerful. Your voice travels, amen, and drive away every demon, drive away every evil spirit, and make it all the way to the throne room of God. And our God is the God who answers prayers. And that's why Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Amen. Glory be to God. Number five. What else did Jesus do? He exalted and magnified and impersonated the word. Go with me to John chapter one, verse 14. When you ask me, I want to see Jesus. Can I just see Jesus? If I could just see Jesus, I would surely believe. If I can see the angels, if I could see angels, I would truly believe. I want you to look at John chapter 1 verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelled among us. So many Christians, they're still looking for evidences in the five physical senses. The devil is called the king of the world. He's called the prince of the world. He's called the god of the world. If you want worldly evidences, you know, the devil could manipulate you. He could deceive you. He could cheat you. But if you would fairly and squarely believe the word of God, fairly and squarely believe the word of God, the glory of God will come upon your life. And your life will be filled with grace and truth. Amen. It's just like when a man and a woman, when they get married, you know, they were so in love before. And then they came and they they have the wedding, you know, exchange the wedding vows and enter into a wedding covenant. It's the word. Your word, your word, your word is more powerful than your feelings. The truth is unchangeable, but feelings can be changed. So what would you bank your life on? Your feelings or the truth? The truth. You may tell me that you have a million dollars, but I won't believe you until I see your bank book, (laughs) your account statement. It is written. It is written. It is written, the word became flesh. The word of God will move 
in your life. The word of God will manifest in your life. The word of God will give you miracles. The word of God will transform you. The word of God will give you thoughts that are successful and powerful. The word of God will give you holy emotions, profitable, profitable, constructive emotions. The word of God will deliver you from depression and self-doubt and inferiority. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Number six, Jesus had destroyed past perfect tense. Jesus had destroyed the works of the devil. Let's go to 1 John 3, 8. What you say to me, well, you told me, Pastor Dory, that the Bible is not fairy tale, and now you're talking about devils. Devils are real. They are not fairy tales. Demons talk to you to influence you. Those thoughts of hate and anger that you have, those thoughts of hostility and animosity that you have, the aggression that you have, they are from the devil. Those feelings, the feelings of gloom and doom, the feelings that your life is bad, everything is not working around you. The devil is the one that stirs up those feelings. Those fits of rage. All of a sudden, an idea comes to you and you get so angry with that person. Suddenly, you know, your body was healthy and strong. You've been going to the gym. Everything goes well. And suddenly, why? All of a sudden, cancer. All of a sudden, heart attack. All of a sudden, muscle pain. Devils are real. Devils, they seek to steal and to kill and to destroy. Your finances, you know, they were doing very well. So so how come all of a sudden I had to pay this bill? I owe this person this amount of money. And that before I knew it, I got into debt. The world calls it luck, good luck or bad luck. The Bible calls it the works of God, or the works of devils. And you are the one to decide to choose the works of God or the works of the devil. You are the one to choose to decide to believe the word of God or the word of the devil. 1 John 3, 8, for this purpose, the Son of God, referring to Jesus, was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. This is real. How come people have mental attacks? All of a sudden, he loses his mind. All of a sudden, they start having illusions. Yes, you may try to trace because of the background, because of the genes, because of what happened. But we know we know that you cannot see it under the x-ray. You cannot see it with, with, the micro, with the ultrasound. You can't even see it with an MRI. But you can see it in the word of God. And you can receive healing and deliverance from the word of God. Amen. Lastly, what's the work that Jesus had done? Establishing the governance of God, 
establishing the governance of God, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Now we need to understand that a child has to grow up to become a son. A child is born, but a son is given. He had been groomed by the father, groomed by the Holy Spirit, and then God gave his son to us. Glory be to God. So that every one of us, we grow up. We don't stay like a child. We grow up to be the sons and the daughters of God. Can we say amen? Having authority, having dominion, having spiritual intelligence, having wisdom to live a powerful, meaningful, and successful life. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government... Every leader is about government. Every leader is about leadership. You are a fool if all that you're asking for is just to feel good. Because whether you feel good or not, it's subject to the government that you live under. Unto us a child is born and us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Jesus had come to establish his governance on the earth. It's called the church. It's called the church. It's called the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you receive by choice, you choose Jesus as your governor. Then you get translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Out of the kingdom of evil into the kingdom of his goodness. The choice is yours. A lot of us, we are migrants here. We have left one country to come to Australia. Why? Because we thought that Australia is a better country. When you were born, you did not have a choice. But as an adult, you have a choice. Life is about decisions. Life is about choices. Your will is the most important part of you. The crown. Your will is the crown of your soul. What happens to you is a matter of your decisions. We have to stop playing the blame game. Blame it on our parents. Blame it on our spouse. Blame it on this. Blame it on that. You can choose. Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. You are an intelligent person. You are a wise person. And that's why your choice is being given to you. Our God is the God of free will. He has given to each and every one of us a free will with which we choose how we live and the outcome of our lives. And that's why the minute you choose him, victory is given to you so that you are no longer a victim. You don't live a victimized life. You can be a victor. Can I ask you to close your eyes and bow your head? I believe that you have not come because it's a coincidence. It's the Holy Spirit who has attracted you to come, drawn you to come. 
and you're here as an intelligent person, as a powerful person. You are the most important person in your life. Your decisions matter. Your decisions decide your future, your direction. And I invite you today to make the best decision that you have ever made. This decision, no one can make it for you. When you were born, you had no choice. But now you can choose. You can choose how to live your life. You can choose what kind of future you can have. And the minute you make this choice, God will back you up all the way from heaven like Jesus did come all the way from heaven to earth. Don't prioritize shopping decisions Food decisions, career decisions, marriage decisions over this most important decision in your life. The decision for salvation. The decision to ask Jesus to be your Lord, your Savior, your Governor. If that's the desire of your heart, can I ask you just raise your hand while every eye closed, every head bowed. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see 